You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. It's episode number 15. I'm John, I'm your host for this evening, and I'm joined by my fellow John. How are you doing? Hi, John, how are you doing? I'm alright, John. Uh, sadly, Chris can't make it because he's bog or some sort. Hopefully, he gets better soon. He wishes away out in the Randan or something like that. Just the two of us you're stuck with, I'm afraid. The two Johnnies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't quite look like the two Ronnies that are um, on the, the Twitter page. So, um, don't get too confused. <laughs> not, not quite. And we've certainly not got the, the, the humour of them. <laughs> no, definitely not. But yeah, it's probably easier to listen to it while, while you're, to listen to the two Johnnies while you're rubbered. Uh, oh God! That might that might be as good as it gets. So I uh, apologies if you're listening for the first time, or or if you're listening for the umpteen. Uh, plenty to talk about the week gone by. Uh, we'll start off with a charity bet. Kind of mixed bag there. We had the treble, which ended up becoming a double, which will then lead on to the chat about first goal scorer bet. So we had Ross County, uh, who go behind against Hart, but came back to win. We had Wraith, and their match got abandoned at half-time, and then we had Albion Rovers. Albion Rovers let it. Now, disappointing. Pretty disappointing there. I thought they were like, a good bet at evens. Yeah, and I was happy to support that. So, um, but a uh, good result for Queen's Park. They needed it after a struggling start of the season. They did. Um, so as I mentioned, yeah, the Wraith game, it was abandoned at half-time. They were 1-0 against Trindor. And we had picked Lewis Fawn. I think that was your call to go with Lewis Fawn again. I'll give you credit, seeing as last week you took the blame yeah. for yeah. one of the bets with Falkirk letting us down. And, yep, he did score first. Uh, there was a bit of uncertainty whether the bet was going to stand because obviously the match was abandoned. Uh, so I messaged McBookie just to kind of get clarification on it. And they said that it was one of the markets that was all right with the match being abandoned at half time. Um, a lot of other markets wouldn't have worked like you wouldn't have got basically you wouldn't have, if you'd backed a draw for that match you wouldn't have got the draw but yeah Lewis Vaughan first goal scorer that counted so £36 pound added to the charity pot so we are just slightly under £200 we're at £199.67 which is a cracking effort considering we're not even into November yet yeah because that last year it took us to what March or something before um, we got to £200 I think but um, so yeah I've got to thank my bookie for that weekend because some other markets might have just some other bookies might have just said no tough um, he's not getting the credit for his goal so why should you get the credit of victory so um, good on them and um, thank you yeah definitely good guys my bookie as always uh, so if you're looking to have any kind of bet get on they've always got, uh, we'll see what we can come up with later on as well I believe you might have an idea for a treble but you're keeping on yeah. that Yep, keep it to the end, so keep listening, folks, if you've not already tuned off after the rubber joke. Um, so there was a small matter of uh, European fixture. I'm sure if Chris was on, he would want to, well, he might not want to talk about it, actually. There's probably not too much to be said about it. I don't think Mo expected Celtic to take anything from the game. Yeah, I called um, that it would be 2 or 3, and to be perfectly honest, um, I'm sure Chris would probably agree, it could have been more. And three, it was three was quite generous. The first, uh, before the first goal by me had one chopped off that the ball didn't really look as it crossed the line. There was a, I think there was a Jubis offside one. Craig Gordon was in good form, but that's not to say that 
that's not any disrespect to Celtic. The fact of the matter is that we're up against a quality side who've got their confidence back after um, bringing back Hinkis. And obviously Celtic want to help by the fact they only had one fit and a half again. But at the end of the day, they were up against a quality side and they just turned up. No turned on when they had to. Definitely. Was I think, yeah, I think the most disappointing thing would be the fact they lost all their goals to headers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of quite disappointing. But yeah, as we kind of said, I think at the start of the campaign, if Celtic were to kind of qualify to get third place, they'd be pretty happy. Anything else would have been a bonus. So, don't get me wrong, they're still not out of kind of getting second place. Both. Yeah, I mean, who knows what might happen if they beat um, Bayern at home. But um, no, realistically, it was always about third place. And the main th- other result was that Andal get hammered as well by PSG at home so it's looking likely that it's um, that there'll be three points clear in that final game against Anderlecht but basically they just need to avoid a 3-0 defeat yeah. or worse uh, and I thought you with regards to Celtic in Europe there was a small matter earlier on in the campaign of the, oh. the fan that tried to kick Mbappe uh, so they've been fined Celtic have been fined £8,900 for that uh, and PSG have also been fined for damage to seats, 4,000. Yeah. Uh, I uh, thought they got more. <laughs> yeah, well, 12th time in such year, I'm kind of... Yeah, and it's, it's a shame. I mean, they do have... The, the vast majority of the fans, you know, are very well behaved, but once again, it's the act of a small group, or in this case, an, an, an idiot. Yeah. Just one idiot, um, you know, that's costing them all this money. And it's and their reputation. Because at some point, UEFA will say... Section, this section will be closed or that section will be closed and that wouldn't be fair on the, those who are actually behaving but wait and see yeah definitely uh, probably stay talking about Celtic may as well uh, in terms of the cup there was uh, the two semi-finals um, Celtic against Hibs on Saturday and then Motherwell and Rangers yesterday uh, I know it's how BT Sport seemed to put Celtic and Rangers in big like bold big writing whereas the other two not given the uh, Kind of much in yeah, terms of I was, font size. Um, yeah, there. I was disappointed with BT because you know I thought they had been building up a good reputation and you know given fair coverage to um, a few teams in the league. Um, so that was disappointing from their point of view. But to, I mean, to be fair, they did the usual, you know, try um, make a mockery of themselves with the when Sutton and, and Cregan. And Daryl Curry were bringing in the big hip sign into Hamden, which was, I thought was quite funny. But that, um, so I think they realised that was a bit of a blooper. Whereas yeah. Sky, for example, just don't um, care. Nah, they definitely. Um, so yeah, the game itself, I think going into it, Hibs would have felt they had a chance, especially after the, um, at Parkhead. But it, mm-hmm. I, I think, to be honest, the only one winner. Um, Hibs managed to get back into it a couple of times. But then Celtic just stopped the gear again and just job, didn't they? Yeah, that was the impression I got. I mean, I only saw the highlights of the game and listened to a bit on the radio, but um, you got the feeling that Celtic were just going through the gears as and when they needed to. Um, but they weren't, I mean, Hibs weren't helped by the fact that it was poor defending for the first goal and possible poor goalkeeping for the first, but certainly for the second goal, again, poor defending from the corner, but shocking goalkeeping by Ross Laidlaw, um, how that's been able to get through. Um, I don't know um, and then Hibs get the break from a penalty it's never a penalty in a million years um, I mean you can see clearly that Boyata has touched the ball the ball goes in the opposite direction um, it's a very bad decision um, and Stokes touched the penalty but then Celtic just goes up the park in a few minutes and Dembele makes it 3-1 um, 
You know, it happens to be correct them. Kept plugging. I mean, the young the youngster shot coming on scoring. Um, you know, you thought possibly they could sneak extra time at this, but again, Celtic just went up the other end at some point and, and killed the game off. But that's what's certainly good value for victory and deserve to get into the final. Yeah, I mean, it, sh- it just shows the strength of Celtic again when you've got Dembele, who's obviously not played a lot recently, comes on, gets a double, could have had a hat trick. Negev, if we're going to criticise Laidlaw, we need to credit him for the save later on in the game uh, at, mm-hmm. three, at 3-2. Just strength, strength again in Celtic. I mean, the three subs that came on, Rogic, Forrest and Dembele. There's like goals aplenty with those three yeah. as well. Uh, it's, it's nice to have those options. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, that's just what they've got compared to everyone else in the country. Mm. We talk about some players that left out the Celtic squad. I mean, they dropped in charm as well. Um, it's it's frightening what they've got, um, and it just I mean we talked about the only thing that's that might be in Celtic's way is complacency, but I always felt that on the big occasion a game like a semi final where because I think they've got the double treble in mind, you know the back to back trebles which no club's done. Oh definitely um, yeah. Um, they'll they'll be after that. I was very disappointed uh, in the Hibs crowd. You know I thought Hibs, um, you know they they've got. Terrific support. I mean, remember last season Scottish Cups in the They took close to 20,000 for that. I thought they would have sold at least 13,000, 14,000, but it was only about 9 or 10. Yeah, it was about 10,000 empty seats. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a poor effort for a team of their size. Um, and, you know, John McGinn saying um, it's a, it's a lunchtime kick-off in Edinburgh. Well, I'm sorry, but Aberdeen took more when they played Morton. Um, this time last season. And, uh, it's a lot easier, no, to, get to, lot easier to get yeah. to Edinburgh at Glasgow to kind of kick off. Yeah. I know Celtic were annoyed because Hibs took up the 50-50, which they have every right to do. You know, they also felt they had the support to do it and they've done it before. You know, Hibs have that, that fan base, but um, it was real disappointing to see so many empty seats. Um, whereas Motherwell um, at least were honest enough to come out and say, we'll probably sell less than 10,000 for this game. And yeah. Give most of the stand to Rangers. Yes, I grew a sell out yesterday, pretty much. Yeah, forty-four thousand. Yeah, I think that was the biggest attendance for a a League Cup semi-final for um, a non-old firm match, which is pretty decent. Uh, so I Celtic continued a march. Uh, the games unbeaten now. Peter Aberdeen were inactive. Um, again, I'm pretty sure Chris would want to be on to kind of talk about the build-up to this. Got the makings of a possibly a classic. Um, be interesting to see what approach. That, Aberdeen take. Yeah, well, it's heading for a sellout, so yep. um, I think last I read there was less than a thousand tickets left. So for a midweek game, that's very good going, and obviously um, there's anticipation from the Aberdeen support that we can, you know, we can win this game and go top of the league. Um, it's got, it's going to be very difficult. I mean, obviously we're without Ryan Christie, because um, he is ineligible to play. Um, but even if Christie was able to play, you're still up against. A terrific side who are, um, you know, great. You know, they're obviously in great form. They've not lost in sixty matches. Um, they'll be going to beat their own club record, which is sixty-two, I believe. So it'd be lovely if we could um, break that run um, on Wednesday night. But it's there's no question it's going to be a, a tough, tough ask. Yeah, I think in terms of Christy being out as well. Uh, by all accounts, I think Tandy's still going to be out for the match, and then Constantine still. Possibly doubtful. It will be interesting to see how we line up. Obviously, last three games we have been unchanged. That's going to change, obviously, with Christie. But if there's many other changes, well, that's where yeah. Celtic will 
possibly make some other change, some changes as well. You would maybe think that Bailey might come in to start after his efforts off the bench. Yeah, doing better for Griffiths, that's not a bad little change, is it? Yeah, um, I don't know about Savanovich, whether he's back. I don't know if they'll try and keep him caught in well for the Bayern Munich game, um, but Sviatchenko's certainly not any closer to um, returning, but it'll be interesting to see what happens if they persist with Beaton, um, or if they if they bring back, if they risk Savanovich. But even though we are Celtic's closest challengers right now, you know, I still think Celtic will... No risk Simonovic unless he is 100% fit. Yeah, I mean, I mean Celtic will be definitely overwhelming favourites, but you never know, mm-hmm. apart from Audrey, what might happen. The mm-hmm. odds, we're not going to obviously do predictions on it, but the odds have been Aberdeen are 5-1 to one for the match. The draws 31-10 and Celtic are 1-2, so that rookies think will happen. Exactly. And plus, we don't have a reliable um, possible match one in Johnny Hayes, because <laughs> um, Celtic took him. And haven't played him, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if he um, if he gets on what sort of reaction Aberdeen fans will give him. I imagine it'll be a pretty good one. Um, it's just a shame for him that you no, know, the move hasn't worked out and he's hardly kicked a ball since he's went to Parkhead. But I think you can't blame him for taking the move. <laughs> he'll be lucky to even be in the squad. I think which is a shame for him. But yeah, he obviously told move there thinking it was for the best. I dare say financially it's been for the best, but. I think he's a Celtic supporter as well, so you know he did say that he, he was only ever he would only ever left Aberdeen for Celtic, and unfortunately for us, that's what happened. Um, so you can't blame him. Thirty year old, it's his last payday. Um, but I think most of us knew, including you and I, um, that he was going to be a bit part player. Yeah, be alright. He's still, not even that. Because <laughs> I still go back to Celtic that season, and then we'll get Hayes back on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the other side of things, uh, Hibs. They have a big game as well tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday. The Edinburgh Derby against Hearts. Yeah, it's a it's a perfect game for Hibs to try and bounce back. You know what better way to try and get back to form and get one over your rivals? Um, might as well touch on the Hearts game just now. Um, Hearts again not overly convincing, um, but they managed to grind out of it. I think this is just what it's going to be like under Craig Levine. Hard to beat and try and nick a winner. Um, yeah, I think Michael Stewart kind of certainly touched on the fact that it's not very pretty, um, mm-hmm. but I think Craig Levine won't be carrying a shot in the world if they get results. Of course they won't. I mean, um, it's, the results are night and day from under Cathro, and I don't know what style Cathro's trying to um, um, instil in the Hearts team, but nobody ever bought whatever it was he was trying to put in, and I mean, Hearts are looking a lot more solid now. Um, they made an interesting tactical change by because they started with Laffert on the left and he didn't really do much and then they put him up front and they took Gonsalves off and of course he scored a very lucky goal um, but he's in the right place to you know turn and have the shot in the first place. Yeah, it's a bit like what uh, Aberdeen have done at times with Rudy, uh, having him playing on the left of what's happened with Lafferty. Lafferty, I know, I remember, had, has been on the left before at times for Northern Ireland and also for Rangers. So it's not a not a position that he's unfamiliar with but... Yeah, definitely more effective, especially when so far this season. Okay, no, is, he was for, uh, fortunate that it took a deflection on Saturday, but doing really well at Hearts. Mm-hmm. It's been a good sign. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I thought that would be a good sign, but uh, yeah, tomorrow should be a good game. I think BT have got that, am I right? Insane. Yeah, they've got tomorrow night's game and they've got the Aberdeen game on yeah. Wednesday as well. Good couple of yeah. evening fixtures. Yeah, it should be good. Um, yeah, Edinburgh Derby's always one to look forward to. And, um, the first one in the league for 
uh, one of the top fights since 2014. Certainly one to look forward to. Here's to a cracking game. Yeah, I read a start earlier. Um, Craig Levine in 50 fixtures against Hibs, whether it be as a player or his first spell as manager, he has only lost six to them. Really? That is quite a start. That is. I mean, I mean, obviously when he was a player, there was, there was a long time where um, Hibs couldn't beat Hearts at all. I mean, I remember um, the first part of me watching, uh, getting into football, I never witnessed a Hibs victory until I think it was 1994. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised that Levine's got the upper hand, but I didn't realise it was literally six games he's lost. Yeah. But it'll certainly be a tough examination from tomorrow. Um, yeah, I think at the moment, even though it's at Easter Road, you would have Hearts as favourites in their Hibs recent form today, apart from the Celtic Park. No, they've not been scoring many goals either. I mean, I know um, I mean, Stokes, that was his first goal in four or five games, and that was from a penalty. Um, to say last week, Simon Murray's um, not been form at all. He's hardly even been on the pitch. Um, yeah, they're finding goals hard to come by um, from their forward areas, um, so they need to step up tomorrow. Yeah, big call for Hearts as well will be whether a young boy Cochran starts. Anything we're going to certainly see him in the highlights and stuff like that. He looks like a a good player. Um, always scored at the end as well. Was unlucky Alaska kind of ball hit the post. Yeah, so that, that could be a big call whether Levine decides to to start him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been looking pretty good, and uh, Jimmy Walker's been um, playing better as well. Yeah, so that that a big call. Um, the other side, of the Hearts and Johnson game. St Johnson they're struggling at the moment. Um, you know, that's them now lost last couple of games. Um, yeah, they're finding goals hard to come by. Aye, they are. Yeah. Um, was it three? Three in the bounce they've lost. I think so. Who did they yeah. play to start of the month? They've had Aberdeen. Oh yeah, of course. As yes, it's three in the bounce. So <laughs> it's been difficult for us they've had, but I'm sure they'll be. They'll bounce back. Yeah, probably. So, uh, Doyle, again, they've got a tough fixture tomorrow night as well against Ross County. Under Coyle, in some nice, decent form. Two wins out of the last three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and their first home victory since um, they beat Hamilton at the tail end of last season. But as for Hamilton, well, that's what, the last four games that they've taken the lead and lost. Yeah, uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you, you think, oh, they're taking the lead, so they're still, they're still actually, they look like they're playing all right. But it's just, yeah, holding on to that lead is, is not happening. Yeah, I think Martin Cannon, um, you know, was, was making the point there's no leadership at the back. And I think he's, without directly saying it, he's pinpointing the loss of Mikey Devlin, um, the centre-back, and he's captain. Um, he's been, he was one of the better players last season. Yeah. Um, so I think, they're, I think they're really missing him at the back just now. Um, I, I noticed that Templeton came off, um, came off eventually he's back, which is good news, but... Um, defensively they don't look um, they look pretty shaky and yeah, Ross definitely. County to be honest could have won by 1-2-1 they should have been front before it went to 1-0 Hamilton oh yeah County had plenty of chances I think again we could have got talk about sports scene Stephen Tom you could have been speaking quite highly on Coyle uh, mentioned as well about the fact that he likes his fullbacks getting forward and that was certainly effective for uh, Ross County's first goal mm-hmm. he crossed from Naismith for Schalke there was a few times he got down the byline and there could have been more goals as a result of that um, Keeler done again again he's impressing everything certainly is he's certainly benefiting from the game time seems an old um, fashioned old fashioned kind of wigger likes to go down the outside mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's just a shame you, um, I mean not many other teams have been doing that just putting a youngster in um, but Ross kind of have thought well this guy was a big part of them winning the development league last year let's put him in see what he can do and um, he's get 
he's gaining his confidence every week. And he looks like he could be a smashing wee player for us, can't he? Definitely. Yeah. There's been a few decent young folk kind of coming through, though, making a mark. Obviously, you've got McKenna, Aberdeen, uh, Keelan mm-hmm. Dunn, the boy Campbell at Motherwell. So there's a few. Oh, there, yeah. are, there are players going to get in a chance, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we spoke about Cochrane Hearts as well. Mm-hmm. So, but it's yeah. good to see. Uh, yeah, definitely. Got to be critical, though, of uh, Hammond in terms of surely the defender just needs to get his foot right through that ball. He seemed to hesitate. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether he thought he couldn't make it, but he surely could have prevented that you know, for the winner. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean they were. I yeah, I think Cannon had a right go at, him, um, at full time, but yeah, it was it was really poor defending and leaves County with a two v one situation and Nicholson finishes it very well, but it's suicidal defend the halfway line that costs it. And uh, County have kind of developing twenty nice wee squad actually. They both are both are going off the bench. Mm-hmm. You've got yeah. Dre, Draper's coming off the bench as well. You can't get a game. He's having to kind of try and get into the starting line. Right, they've got a decent enough squad. Although they, were, I mean, they also had a boy to pick with uh, with boys going, but no, they've got a strong enough squad that although they won't have that 20, 25 goal season striker, um, they've got enough about them to get victories in games like this against Hamilton. I think under Kyle they'll definitely be fine. Yeah, I mean they're certainly they're very positive going forward. Mm-hmm. So. Whereas Hamilton is worrying time, six defeats in a row. Um, and they've got up, um, a home game apart at Thistle where if they lose, they, well, they could go bottom depending on other, obviously Gilmarnock and Reds. Yeah. Definitely, that's a big game, especially after Party Thistle's was out on Saturday against Dundee. Yeah. yeah another, <laughs> another comeback victory. Yeah. And, Dundee um, went I'm ahead a... pretty early. Yeah. I must say, I mean, for the last few weeks, I've backed Party Thistle. I've been saying Thistle were due the first one. I predicted them to win and they lost. So I went against that grain and bit and predicted Dundee to, and this time Thistle won. But to be fair, Dun- Dundee should have had that game in the bag long before. I mean, not just the penalty miss, but Leach Smith missed a couple of other chances. It looks like the highlights, it was one way traffic for most of that game. But fair play to Thistle. Doesn't matter how you get the victory. Um, as long as you get it, and they badly, badly needed that, as we discussed last week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dundee, had, Dundee should have been out of sight, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they had Lee Smith scoring early, they had a penalty, which was pretty poor penalty. There was also, as well, another chance that he had in the first half. You had Musa, who had an absolute sitter, mm-hmm. um, and Cherny managed to get across and save it. I think Mc, Neil McCann was very disappointed that they hadn't put the game to bed, but credit to you, as you say, credit to Thistle for kind of keeping in it and yeah, snatching a, a vital victory for them because um, yeah. you're starting to worry about where they would get their first victory. Interesting one with a winner as well because the whole offside rule uh, whether players are active and inactive and different things like that and obviously <laughs> story and literally. I mean. See, it's, uh, obviously they're exploiting the um, you know the, the new the, the new modern day rule yeah. yep. um, because I mean to be fair to story he's not um, he is walking out uh, seems to be walking away from it um, when the ball's played over. But in my mind, maybe I'm just being a wee bit old-fashioned, um, but in my mind, the ball's played towards him. He's in an offside position. That should be offside. Certainly all the days it would have been. In fact, this, the fourth Celtic goal was something similar with Scott, I think it was Sinclair, before the Butcher went to Dembele. Um That could have been given offside. Sorry to diverse, but... No, not um, But I think, what was it Brian Clough said was, once said, if you're on the pitch, you're, um, you're interfering with play. So, um, but no, the modern day rules, it's obviously a legit goal because um, Dylan wasn't off- offside and 
he put he then plays the ball across and stories back on side in phase two. But um I much need go for story because it's not happened for him so far. It's not uh, but I could help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean I I have said this all I've said all season I think this will be okay once they get going. So maybe this is where they they kick on. Oh, yeah, I think I think they will be fine. I think they've got mm-hmm. enough of them. The only thing that you know the worry is they've not got a kind of great depth of squad. Um, they've struggled in recent weeks to have enough players to fit fill the bench. But again, um, you can see goal. You can see goals. Dolan's usually good for maybe around ten, kind of ten to fifteen goals. I think once Dory now that he's getting started, I think again he mm-hmm. should be looking to get that kind of amount as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, another goal, another goal off the bench as well. Just been out there was a few in the Premiership. Folks going off the bench, coming on and making an impact. Yeah, yeah. it just shows the, the um, how vital a squad is these days. You know, it doesn't matter if you're starting or not. Um, you've still got a role to play somewhere, um, even if you come off the bench. Yeah, because um, a player that's been highly effective for them player Spittle, but he started on the bench as well. They they've changed it about trying to get the uh, stump for a win, and it paid yeah. off. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's a disappointing defeat um, for Dundee. Obviously, and they'll be kicking themselves. Um, you know. They need to take chances in games where they're they're on top, because otherwise they will be down there. Aye, they need a they need an out and out striker. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether out and out number nine is more like a kind of player that would be better with. Yeah, but it's difficult to find that. Um, that's you no know, finding that that player that call is um, very hard to find. I mean, Motherwell got lucky with Louis Malt and uh, Ross County got lucky with um, Liam Boyce in years gone by. So you know, it's just about what they can. What they can find, but most teams in the league are after that. Yeah, um, uh, you Yep, you mentioned Motherwell and Louis Moult. Well, uh, mm. wasn't Heath and Patchwinner yesterday? Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, the second goal was just absolutely sublime. And, you know, um, I, I'm preparing a piece which will come out this um, this week talking about Steve Robinson, the job he's done, because I'll say it again, he's making me eat my words. Um, and Louis Moult, Mother, it would have been so easy for them. To just take the 400 grand from Aberdeen and say, right, we've got a year, he's only got a year left, just let's get the money in now. But they've taken a gamble that, no, he's worth more than that. He's probably worth more in terms of his goals this season, which could potentially keep us up or take us further. And, well, he's, they're taking, he's helping taking them further. And he led the line superbly again. He was a menace to Rangers defence, certainly in that second half. Rangers couldn't cope with him. First one's Poacher's goal and the second one's just sublime. Yeah. And, yeah, I think. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed about some other though. You know, they're a local team to me, and my best mate supports them. Um, and you know, they deserve it because they were written off. You know, if, you know, we talk about that BT idea, but most people thought that um, Rangers would just, you know, would win quite comfortably. But it was never going to be a comfortable afternoon for Rangers because Motherwell play in your face these days. They're so aggressive, and so, I mean, we found our cost. Yep. When yeah. they're aggressive, you know, they're difficult to play against, and Rangers just could not handle them that second half. Absolutely. I mean, the, the first half, um, Rangers certainly had the better chances. Yeah, Dean, uh, not Dean Windass, Josh Windass <laughs> had a few chances. Dean Windass would have put him away. I think he missed a hat trick of chances during the game. Morellas um, as well, first half an hour or so, was pretty lively. Had a kind of half chance as well. So I'd say, first half hour or so, you, Rangers certainly were the better team, but you start if you were you're starting to think get your chances it's going to come back to haunt them and it definitely did, because um, after that Motherwell came into the and pretty much dominated. The only real 
problems that Motherwell were having as we keep three at the back. Um, Candias was getting a bit of joy against him, but the start before the game, Kachinda's not won since he took over. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not great for Rangers fans. No, and it's be, the evidence is becoming more and more clearer that this was a gamble that was not worth taking. Um, and, you know, it's contradicted itself yet again, you know, by coming out and, you know, saying that I take responsibility. And then today, or sorry, Monday, we the time this podcast goes out, um, he's, he's saying that the players were embarrassment. <laughs> sorry, but um, the biggest embarrassment is him. And his team yeah. selections, the way he behaved. I mean, yeah, I get that the elbow and Cardoso was bad and Ryan Bowman should be set off, but his actions were completely and utterly out of order, storming into the technical area of the, mother, the Motherwell bench. It's was it's completely like, unacceptable. Yep, it's like a huffy child who's had his favourite toy taken away. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of Rangers fans are embarrassed by his actions. You know, I've still seen mm-hmm. some who are defiant that, yeah, he's doing the right job, he has improved them, but mm-hmm. long may he stay, um, from an Aberdeen point of view. <laughs> um, yeah, as well. Hopefully it doesn't come back to bite me, that double-header, mm-hmm. but they just, I, I don't think they look like a team. And there's been talk as well, a fair amount of talk, obviously Kenny Miller's still sidelined, um, and whether there is a bit of difference between the Scottish players, British players, whatever you want, the foreign players, whether that's just media talk or whether it's actually happening. Kachinia never helped as well when he came out and said that some of the British players had to up their game. Didn't really mention any of the foreign players. So mm-hmm. every week he comes out with something daft. What was it? He came out and said it's a win-win game. Well, you never, you never won. So where does that leave you? Yeah, he's from day one. He's just, you know, just been mouthing off. Well, um, he certainly has got a big mouth, but um, the actions um, on the pitch aren't big enough. Um, they, as you say, they go through a couple of games. We think the. I mean, to be fair to them, they did win well at St Johnson last week. We were talking about how well they defended from the set piece, um, but they were terrible at that set piece. That, that set piece for the first goal yesterday. I mean, it was the complete polar opposites. Anything you think there's some sort of progress, they come back down, um, and that's because the manager is not setting his team at right, um, and he's not following up his big mouth with um, with action. And and Rangers fans, the, I would say the majority of them now. You know, are fed up with, and you know, I've I've accepted that bringing him in from Qatar and giving them that money has been a complete waste. When what they need was someone solid, like for example, an Alec McLeish. Yeah, I think something better. We've touched on it before that over the last couple of seasons, it doesn't help that the fans are expected to be chapped off. Well, not all fans, but. I think still a fair amount are all, oh, we're, going to be, we're back, we're going to be back, we're going to be competing at the top, competing for title. We need to maybe try and take a reality check of where they are just now. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's on you go. No, it just, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I bet Craig, um, hopefully he's listening to our director podcast, and um, I know he's probably getting a bit fed up with it all. Um, but let's not take away the credit where it deserves. Mother will put the, all right, first half. Um, they weren't great, but second half their game plan was spot on. Their tactics were spot on. You know, you had like Chris Can coming out and saying we knew we could beat them if we could be aggressive. Um, you know, I don't think Motherwell were overly aggressive, unlike what Bruno Alves, who um, tried to climb over Louis Maltz head. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, he's got a cheat to talk, isn't he? Yeah, this is this is a guy that was sent off for kicking an England player's head in a friendly. Yep. You know, and coming out and saying about teams being over aggressive, it just smacks of when Ian Black, um, you know. 
complains about being kicked by Berwick players when he made a career out of doing the same thing. Um, but again, I'm diverting. But uh, Motherwell's game plan um, was spot on. You know, to ruffle Rangers and, put, and you know take the chances that came their way. And that's exactly what they done. And you no, know, good luck to them in the in the final. Um, it's going to be difficult, much more difficult because they're playing Celtic. Yeah. But Steve Robinson says the run's got to come at some point. Why not then? Who knows? Stranger things have happened in, in cup finals and in, in football in general. So yeah, you never know. But definitely wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I think as well, can need to touch on the Rangers. Morelos and Candias both kind of look like decent players, but they don't help themselves in terms of how easily they go down. They, mm-hmm. they seem to. That, that seems to be a problem now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think Morelos is certainly suffering. He's not scored for a few weeks, uh, not since the part of the cup game. I think. Um, I think he's suffering for lack of service. Um, uh, Candias looks a, a decent enough player, um, but as you say, go down far too easy. And I think at times when the going gets tough, they can hide a little bit. Yeah, um, I mean Pena again. Diabolical. Looked, looked like he was maybe coming on to the game, but yesterday anonymous. Uh, Windass, I don't think, is a wide player. Um, I don't know why Coutinho's playing him there. He's, that's just not working out. I still think Rangers in the middle of the park are, far, are too soft. Uh, they're missing a trick by not playing Dorans further forward. They'd possibly be better off playing Holton to give them a bit more security in midfield. And, and energy. Um, I think that's what Holt brings to the team too. Um, very energetic player, but Graeme Dorns is certainly wasted as a deep player. Um, he should be playing up the front, as you say. Don't know why they persist with that by Penner. Um, you know, he's just got no energy about him at all. Um, you know, he looks quite a big guy, but he doesn't really. He's just he not impressed himself. No, he doesn't impose yeah. himself at all. You know, yeah, you're looking at pitch. You know, um, we try uh, we try to get Louis Moult for four hundred thousand. Mother rated them between five hundred and six hundred thousand. Why would you know? You would rather have him than a two million pound Carlos Pena. Yeah, we've seen a lot of Rangers fans as well saying that they'd rather have uh, Louis Morelos. Maybe just on reflection of the getting beat, it looks a fine play. I, I, even as well, the changes that uh, you made as well, he left it late to the striker as well. Do you think mm-hmm. once you're 2 0 down, change it? But he didn't. Kept it really the same. Um, then it wasn't until 15 minutes ago. Uh, 2 0 down, and then he comes on. Too late. Little too, too little too late. But be interesting to see, I don't know, if he is under pressure, whether Rangers can afford to get rid of him. Um, but if it continues as it is it'll get to a point surely where they'll have no choice exactly um, but you know let's see Pedro stay I think we, we must give him time um, I should say as well we need to kind of mention McLean is refereeing could have, should have stopped the game a few times especially Cardoso who gets his nose broken and play continued uh, on some of his decisions yeah, as well I mean there could have been about three red cards in that game. Stephen McLean's an awful referee. Um, he actually makes um, Willa Collum look respectable. He's a terrible, terrible referee. Um, and he made some real bad calls. Like he, he, Ryan Bowman should have walked. Um, Bruno Alves should have walked. Arguably, Louis Malt should have followed as well. I don't know how Bruno Alves actually even escaped a booking. Yeah, I know. I think it, was crazy. it was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, he just seemed to walk away and get away with it. But, um, no. Steve McLean um, made some bad calls. I th- don't think it was a good weekend overall um, for referees in the, the League Cup semi-finals because obviously, um, who was it on Saturday? Pass. Yeah, but you know he made a really bad call with the Hibs penalty and made other um, dodgy calls throughout the game. 
So yeah, it brings back. I mean, it brings back the whole refereeing standards in Scottish football. Um, what? How? How do we improve it? But then these are part-time guys. Whereas in England, down in England, they're full-time and they make just as bad, if not worse, goals. And that's their their, their day job. They train every week for that. Whereas yeah. our referees, you know, go do their ninety-five job Monday to Friday. Yeah, it was Kevin Clancy on Saturday. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll not say anything. Yeah, so on 26th of November, it wins a Betfred Cup. Can say it went back to back, or can. Yeah. But good, good sport, about five weeks of yeah. football to be played before. Yeah, you just got to hope from Muddle's point of view that they managed to keep their players fit and keep their momentum going. Um, apart from the players, because they play us um, in November at some point before the final. So apart from that one game at Pitogia, just play their under 12s. Even. <laughs> Might still give us a game, mind you. Um, but no, in all seriousness, um, they'll be hoping to keep all their players fit and keep their run going because the, the last thing they want is to for this run to, con- um, to come to an end and players getting injured before the yeah. cup final. Uh, I definitely think a lot of teams are struggling as well, by the way, but the two up front that they use are so effective together. Mm-hmm. Um, teams, really sh- teams really do struggle with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, they... they they certainly put themselves about and Moltz just improved so much, you know, he's a, I think it was James McFadden was talking about he was mainly a penalty box striker, but he's just added so much to his game, he holds up the ball, he's scoring all different types of goals, his movement's good. Yeah, he's a clever um, player. Yeah. Yeah, will be delighted to just keep it at the end of the season if they can, um, and yeah, he might go for nothing, but they've more than got their money's worth out of Louis Moulton in the first place and Motherwell did make profit anyway in that transfer window without selling yep. Louis because they got that selling from Marvin Johnson going for Oxford to Middlesbrough and for the sale of Ben Hennigan they've coped admirably yeah I mean he, he's worth he's worth more to him if, if, if they win that if they win that cup then he's definitely kind of worth keeping um, as well, and as well when you look at where they are and the yeah. money they could make so I credit to Motherwell for sticking uh, by their guns and and credit, credit to Roy Moult as well for still being professional oh well it, that's it I mean he's never so on you go oh on you go sorry no I was just going to say yeah, he's um, kept his head down he's never moaned about not getting the move and what not yeah that probably covers the games then yeah I think we've managed to get through them all with that the other thing we maybe wanted to touch on before we come on to the predictions and charity bit is obviously there's a fair amount of speculation that Ray McKinnon uh, will be leaving the Dundee United job not being confirmed yet but it looks like it's it's going to be happening uh, you've obviously written a blog about him. Yeah, I just can't see that. Um, I, can't, I can't see that uh, the McKinnon staying any further. Um, I'm actually surprised it's not happened yet. I mean, Jim Spencer tweeted on Saturday night saying that they were holding an emergency board meeting, and I thought, oh no, have they um, have they acted before I write this blog? Because I'd said to you before. Um, it's at full time that that was going to be my next subject. Um, and I don't take any pleasure from it. I mean, people must must think, ah, oh, John's just wanting the right to get a manager side. That's not how it goes at all. It's you know, just simply putting my point across as if I was as if I was a fan of Dundee United or Falkirk's or Sporting Forbes, St Man, etc. Yeah. Um, but they can't be happy. Um, you know, it's just not worth it. It was looking good at one point. I mean, they were top at Christmas last year. And then since then, went a horrible run of four wins at 17 games. Um, they were they scraped into the playoffs in the end, um, and you know they managed to get in the playoff final, but they ran out of legs, and then they obviously the start of the season has not been good enough. They've only won five games. Um, they were overwhelming favourites in a league where there's no Rangers, no Hearts, and no Hibs. They're expected they're the big club in that league, yeah. so they're 
vastly underperforming. So I think United are in a situation do they stick by him and hope that he gets his wins in these next two games, or do they act now and think and hope that a new manager gets um, an immediate impact? Because Dumbarton away is not going to be easy for them, and then they're home to St. Run. Yeah, yeah, five clear of them. Yeah, well, certainly about Bookie, I've got uh, odds on Dundee United, Martin. I think you'll use for favourite at eight to eleven. McIntyre just behind him, I think. Back in, yeah, McIntyre. Then you've got Stubbs, Presley, Billy McKinley. Mm-hmm. Um, last one to clear himself bank from. Oh, right. Uh, Mark McGee. Um, <laughs> Avoid. Yeah. Jackie back in the matter somehow in the list as well, which obviously has happened to us the failure <laughs> that he had first time round. Yeah, definitely avoid Jackie McNamara, um, who's only in it for the money. Um, who was in set, who had a big incentive to sell players and to win trophies, but then that's Stephen Thompson's fault as well. And that's yeah. the biggest problem at Dundee United, without doubt, is you've got a chairman there who's alienated himself so much from the supporters. He wants out, but he can't find a buyer. Yeah. Um, and some of his decisions, you know... Yeah, he's... I think the Dundee United problems go deep on the manager, but right now... As sad as it would be for Ray McKinnon, because it's his boy, boyhood team, it's not working out, and I think there will be a part in the ways at some point this week. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll move on to the predictions um, for the weekend. Obviously, as we mentioned, Premiership fixtures during the week, tomorrow, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Saturday, got first up Hearts against Rain. Yeah. On, um, I think Hearts have revealed that they're definitely playing... Another home game at Murrayfields against Kilmarnock. Yeah, yeah, they um, have, yeah. Saw that. yeah. Um, no real surprise. I mean, they need to sort that out. Um, but, yeah, you want a score? I am going to go with uh, one all. one all. right. Um, Hearts are 14-5 for this, which I think pretty attractive odds. Um, the draw is 13-5 and Rangers are 20-23. I know Rangers have been pretty good away from home. I'm going to go for Hearts to win this one now, further, Pedro. Um, all the games are on Saturday, so there are five games are three o'clock kickoffs. We've got Dundee against Hamilton. You are 37 to 40, draws five, to, and Hamilton are 27 to 10. What do you think? Well, let me go first again. Um, uh, I think Hamilton's losing run will end at some point this week. Um, if not tomorrow, or Tuesday against Partick, I think it'll end this weekend, but with a draw, I'm going to go with 1-0. Uh, I'm going Desmond. Uh, Aberdeen against Ross County. Uh, Aberdeen are forty eleven. The draw is eighteen to five, and Ross County are seven to. Be a difficult fixture, I think. Yeah. But I would expect Aberdeen. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we've just a one 0 to Aberdeen. Yeah, I'm going to go with one 0 as well. Um, so, you know, we don't do Aberdeen charity bet anyway. So. Nah, the odds are too short anyway. So it's alright. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Celtic against Kilmarnock. Celtic at one to eight. The draw is thirteen, and Kilmarnock are seventeen to one. Yeah, um, the only thing that's in Kilmarnock's favour is that they want to do well for Steve um, Clark because it's his first two games. What a tough two games that is, um, going to Ibrooks and Parkhead. <laughs> um, I think Celtic, I can't see anything on the Celtic victory. Um, I'm going to go 3-0. 3-0, you're going. Um, I, I'll go for 3-1. Um, with that one. Motherwell against Hibs. Um, Motherwell... Pretty attractive odds in their former season, seven to four. Draw is twelve to five and seven to five. I'm going to go with um, the same as it was Easterwood between the two and Desmond. Let's see. I mean, Hibs have been the draw specialist here. Yeah, I'm going to go for a draw as well. Um, five and four. And last up, Partick Thistle against Johnson. Partick Thistle are thirteen to eight. 
draw is five to two, and St Johnson are twenty. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going. Oh, I'll tell you the reason why I'm, um, why I'm going to go for a home victory. Um, the, the way the fixtures have gone, it's, it's been St Johnson win, part it win, St Johnson win, part it win. St Johnson won the last game, so I think this is going to be a part it victory. I'm going to go one 0 so they'll probably get beat now. Aye, well, if you bat them aye, then they probably will. So, <laughs> Given my recent history of Partick Thistle, it's always the opposite. I said Georgian haven't been that clever away from home, but then, aye, that's always Thistle when I get the first. Uh, I'll go Partick Thistle too. I still wouldn't put them in the No. Um, so, earlier on, you mentioned that you had a treble in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what have you got for us? Right, I've got um, Sterling Albion. Um, they're 21 to 20. Um, I can't actually remember who it's the rest of me they were playing um, I've got Ayr at home to Strindar they're a wee bit shorter at 7-10 and St Mirren at home in Morton that might be a bit of a gamble but I just think St Mirren's home form 5-6 and a £10 state um, returns 63-89 which is a profit of 53-89 Aye I'm happy enough to go with that we've got Stirling Albion Ayr and uh, in terms of first goal scorer any thoughts? Um, I've no idea. That's what I mean. We could look at. Uh... Do we go at Shankland again, maybe? Aye, right, let's take the gamble on him. That was easy. Uh, odds to follow for Shankland later on in the week probably will be Friday. And anything else before we finish off? Um, no, well, I think we're done for the week. Chatted enough. I'll, I'll say is um, come on, your Reds. Yes. Wednesday night. Absolutely. Uh, Big game, uh, so yeah. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Chris will come out from his slumber um, once uh, if Celtic managed to win. Hi, let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> nah, get better soon, Chris. We're no bias, we're no bias at all. But come on, you Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Cheers, John. Right. Cheers. Good night. Good night.